Would you consider yourself more dominant or submissive in relationships? I would say dominant. I think just in general, like regardless of who it is, like I have a dominant personality in general. And so like that kind of comes out just like in the way that I move throughout a relationship. How would you define dominance? Person that's very stoic and very masculine, I would say. You kind of call the shots, you know, like what position, like what you want to do, like what, like I said, you kind of just call the shots and she kind of follows if she's comfortable. Being submissive in the bedroom is not a good thing. It's just like you're going to drop that pussy as quick as possible if you're like not like leading the interaction, the, you know, so. Guys got to realize like, yo, you just got to make a woman feel right and she's going to naturally do what she want to do for you. All right, all right. Welcome to another episode of Both Sides of the Bed. Welcome, welcome. And today, we're going to talk all about relationship dynamics. Are you a dom? Are you a sub? Or are you a switch? Now, I know when the listeners hear that question, a lot of things run through their mind about what they may potentially be or what they may not be, what resonates with them and what doesn't resonate. Um, But as we know now, in doing this for over three years, that no matter who you are, where you come from, what your background is, that you're either a dom or sub or a switch. Yeah, there's a, I think there's just that natural aspect that we fall into, whether it goes really, really deep down the waters or if it's just, you know, more on the surface. And those dynamics are there anyway. And I think that knowing them and identifying them, it will really help to strengthen a relationship and also to know how to navigate it better. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. And I think... It's crucial, really, that you recognize which one you are so that you can more quickly learn how to navigate your relationships better. And it's one of those things like dissimilar to, you know, what we talked about in love mapping and understanding yourself and your partner more so that you can have a more fruitful relationship. And so by understanding who you are at your core, in terms of your personality type and putting one and putting one of these categories on it will help you figure out so much and how to lay the foundation for how you will move in your relationships with your partner, what your goals are in your relationships with your partner, what your desires are in your relationships with your partner. So I think this is a crucial conversation. Yeah. Also to just understand, like one, to know it for yourself, but to know it of your partner as well and and get a better understanding of how they need to be with you or how they, or how certain things need to be laid out so that you can support them better as well. Yeah, because by identifying your personality and their personality, you will understand how to relate to each other. And without that understanding of how each person ticks at their core, and how you tick and what your needs are, there's no way that you can truly be doing this the right way. There's just no way. It's funny that, that I say that now though, because in my not so distant past, I had no idea really what any of this was about. I'm just trying to think, like trying to operate in my relationships, not even knowing yeah. that I need to care about this, let alone what it is. I don't know what it is. I don't know that I need to care about it. I don't know how to identify who I am or what my partner is. I was just out here just you know doing some shit. Yeah. Just doing some shit. So I'm excited about today's conversation. I think that we all will benefit from it, you know, us included as we break these things down, mm-hmm. um, because I was I was really enjoying the research um, and putting this episode together. It really got the gears going again for me yeah. and really helped me to reconnect in a lot of things that are important to me as a dominant. 
Um, so I, I really think that everybody's going to really enjoy this episode. Yeah, let's get into it. So we definitely want to preface this conversation by saying that in the world of BDSM, this is where, you know, that DS dynamic kind of stems from. But though it is kind of source and originates from there, that's not the only part of it. The kink parts of it are just a small part of what it means to have a dynamic. And having a real flourishing DS dynamic goes so much deeper than sex and kink. It, it goes so much into who we are as people. Um, what we need from our relationships and how we can be better functioning. And I think my favorite part about it is just the self-discovery aspect. And also, once you discover that self-understanding of really knowing this is who, what I need in order to be... This is what I need in order to be a positive light in this relationship. This is what I need in order to function better as a person. And... It just goes so much deeper than most people think. So I say all that to say that kink is just one part of having a dynamic. And you can fully be enthralled in a dynamic without necessarily being involved in BDSM in any way. Yeah, I think it's a, 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 a crucial point to make in that when people hear about Dom, when they hear the word Dom and sub, you know, especially nowadays with it running rampant, on the internet when everybody's yeah. talking about being a dom or a sub and these are just very buzzword terms that we immediately go to 50 shades of gray we immediately go to uh to bondage and uh impact and collars and and unfortunately abuse yeah and abuse a lot a, of abuse yeah it doesn't have a space in this in this area yeah and it's just the the, the very intense Hollywood out versions of these things and you know so I don't want people to get the information convoluted and where we're about to take this because as much as it can be those things those are just one those just that's just a small aspect of what this truly means and if you truly tap into what it really means I think it could really benefit your relationships in there's so much personal growth yeah. that I've I've gotten out of identifying as a dominant and so much that it's called from me as an as a person in my my whole life you know so taking the bedroom out of it the bedroom is maybe 25 percent of it mm -hmm. max but the I other say 20 i would even say 20 yeah, yeah at max but the rest of it is identifying who you are and how you want to move in this world what what's seeking to emerge in your spirit how, what's in your DNA? Like, I feel like in our DNA, we're kind of stamped with one of those be, based on like our, our our environment, our upbringing, whatever yeah. is going on in our world that inspires us to tap into one of these energies. Mm -hmm. It's kind of embedded into our DNA. Now that can change over time depending on what's going on in our outer circumstances, what our world looks like, the people that we interact with, what do we like you know, in the same way, like how our taste for food may change. There might be foods that you liked when you were eight or nine years old that yeah. you do not fuck with at all when you're, you know, 30. And it's the same way. You might have resonated with a more submissive approach to life at one point. And then through life happening and the challenges and who you needed to become later on in your life, you may have adopted the other personality trait and being a switch or a dominant. So again, there's a long-winded way of saying that this goes way beyond kink, you know? So focus in on the bigger message and not so much into that. And again, I think that we can just benefit so much from this. Yeah. 
let's talk about let's talk about submission first i think submission gets such a bad rep that i want to tackle that one first sure because when people hear submissive they automatically take on a negative connotation as weak or less than and given that submission is something that you resonate with and that is your personality i would love for you to explain what that means to you what it means in general what it means to you and 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 what you feel about it i think it's all about allowing yourself to be led and to release control to just be present and i think my idea i know my idea of submission has completely seen all phases of the moon at this point and i think that i I think that at first i was just very eager to indulge in it because it's not something that i ever was able to do um it was always something that was so enticing to me and that i loved and i thought was so sexy and so beautiful but just in my everyday life and just with the dynamics that i had with my family just submissive light going with the flow type of energy just wasn't a possibility for me or that i allowed for myself um so I was I had to be very dominant in most things when it came to work, when it came to school, when it came to trying new things, moving across the country and then back. It was just I had to lead with such dominance. So coming into this relationship, when you asked me to try this out, um, I, I was so excited to, but just did not know how. Um, but now to me, it just looks like just allowing and just like fully trusting. Just fully Mm -hmm. trusting whatever scenario. And to be honest, I still have struggles with that. And um, I think my, the one thing that I hate about that struggle is that I think you think it's a reflection on you that I don't trust you. Um, And it's not that I trust you so fully, but it's, it's more so the lack of trust that I've had in other people where I thought like, oh, okay, you can handle this. And it just was not handled. The handles were not handled <laughs> in any certain certain type of way. So it's like, I always had to have my foot in the door in some type of situation. Mm-hmm. So I never could fully let go. So what that manifested in, in our relationship was me just having to learn like, oh, like I actually can, can trust you fully. Like, I don't have to think about it. It's not, oh, I trust him with it, but I'm gonna check in. It's not, oh, I trust him with it, but like maybe he might need help. It's just like fully letting go mm-hmm. so yeah yeah i think that a submissive's journey is very challenging especially in the beginning when accepting your submission mm-hmm. for yourself accepting that this is something i desire getting over all the bullshit hang-ups that society says about it and its judgment about how it's wrong or misperceptions on what it even means to be submissive um, and figuring out how, how, how to identify what that means to you and why you want that, that's a challenge. It's, it's hard it's to fair. say, this is, I want to give of myself so much to someone else and give over my power to someone else and trust that they got me. Yeah. And, and it kind of goes to a bigger question that, like, why would a submissive want to be a submissive? Why would they want to give over their power to someone else and not be in control of that? I would love to uh, step in. I don't I don't think it's necessary, necessarily a giving up of power. I think it's a transition of power because I, I don't feel powerless in this dynamic. I don't feel like I have no power here, but it's uh, allowing that allowing my power to be placed in somebody else's hands. Yeah, it's a giving over of it. It doesn't yeah. go away. I think giving over is very different from giving up. Well, giving over, yeah. yeah. If, if I said giving up, yeah, giving over of yeah. your power because 
Well, because there's power in giving it over. I would I would argue at the same time, and yes, that's that is very true for certain versions of it, and some people enjoy submission on such a level they enjoy the complete giving up of power. Very they don't true, they don't yeah. want to be held responsible for powering their life. That doesn't even mean that they're weak necessarily. Now I know somebody else will judge that as, oh, that's weak. You don't even want to claim your power. Yeah. But in removing that judgment, because that's their reality, that's what they want for themselves. So if they've moved through life and realized, you know what, with this life thing, I'd much rather allow somebody else to make decisions for me and dictate everything. And I just go with whatever program they want for me. I am not interested in controlling this. I'm just here for the ride. Yeah. I think there's beauty in that too. I think so. Um, so there, there are varying levels of submission. There are different reasons why submission appeals and is necessary for certain people. When it comes to to us, I didn't. I know I didn't want a submissive that wanted to completely give up their power, where I'm solely responsible for everything. I'm I'm not interested in that. Um, I don't. Again, I don't deem that as weak as a whole, but I do deem that as a weak character trait in the type of relationship that I want. That would be a weak point in mm -hmm. our relationship because I want my partner to also be ambitious. I want my partner to also be strong and intelligent and equipped and street smart and, and able to, to navigate this life and grow and evolve. And I knew I know that if you would prefer to give all of that over to me, that the only way that would happen is if I did all of that and I'm not interested in that. Yeah, that's a lot of work. Yeah. I think it's, it's a lot of work. And I don't think that someone who does give it up is um, not wanting to do the work or lazy or anything. It's just a different type of dynamic. And I, I think that my idea of what submission is was very much that. And it very much did not resonate with me. Um, like I'm the type of person, I like control. Um, I, li I like to know what's going on. I like to be involved in what's going on. I want to I want to help make the decisions. I want the decision to be unanimous and made together. So just the giving over of complete power has never really, to that extent, has never resonated with me. Mm -hmm. But I think that my brain decided that that's what it was. Mm -hmm. And that's like me just not doing proper research right. <laughs> um and, and just kind of and we'll get into it later about like the different types of subs that there are but there are a few types and i think that i just had this idea of it being that but also it being just about service mm -hmm. and and just giving and pouring into someone else and it's like you pour enough you have nothing left for yourself so um one thing that i love about being a submissive is just the how much it taught me and and really learning my limits and also like how far my limits go and, and how vast they are and why they're so vast um but it's, it's definitely a, a great self-discovery journey that i think no matter what end of the spectrum you're on is a beautiful one so what would you say are some specific benefits of being a submissive um first one that comes to mind is the freedom to let go um because with certain things with the things that you know you do just completely dictate and i don't have to think about it's nice to just like know that that's taken care of it's nice to be taken care of it's nice to feel protected and feel safe to such a degree and um and also to see the benefits of it like once i i fully let go and i fully just release um the even moment to moment it's just like seeing how beautiful it feels how 
closer we are and how and it, it's just like a, a reminder again moment to moment of how much i can and do trust you and that's a good feeling to have you know yeah. that that type of just trust in your partner that type of love in your partner where it's just like you got me but like you really got me even when you're mad and i probably don't deserve it like you still got me mm-hmm. and it that's that's such a benefit um another really big benefit for me has been I've been given the space to just really focus on myself and focus on like, okay, well, what do I need? Cool. My needs are met and my needs are met primarily because of you. So now I can focus now that needs are met, like, what do I want? And what does that look like? And and how can I get there? And like, who do I want to be in this life? Who do I want to be in this moment? Who I, who do I want to be as a fiance, as an aunt, as a sister? Like I can, I can start going there about the bigger parts of being alive rather than just the mundane well i'm supposed to do this and i'm supposed to do that it's just like that barrier kind of gets broken does that make sense yeah yeah in addition to that would you say you get enjoyment purely in the act of giving over your power in a, in a specific moment does that within itself without the outcome on the other side of it is just in the doing of oh, I told you this, so you want to do it because I said so and you know that that's what I want and that will make me happy. Does that make you happy? Yes, the the service of it. And it is, even as you were saying that, when you first started that question, my answer was no. Um, and it's because I don't necessarily feel, like I don't get a high, I don't get off on letting go, but I, I get off on serving you and making you happy and adding to your life and serving your life in that way that 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 does it for me mm-hmm. and, and it makes me feel purposeful it makes me feel happy it makes me feel used in positive and naughty ways and um and i, and I really enjoy that mm-hmm. but i think just like the act and, and i think that's why it's, it's so important to know to have a good partner because mm-hmm. i couldn't do this with any old body mm-hmm. at all um one thousand percent. I couldn't do this with just any body. <laughs> I'm just trying to think back to just like people I've been in situationships with, and just like absolutely, I couldn't even, I couldn't even consider it. Yeah, this is definitely not something. I got you. I'm glad you said that because people can listen to this and be like, oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a submissive. So in my relationships or my interactions with potential partners, okay, I'll move in those and just show my submission. I wear my submission on my chest. Yeah. And I advise you to proceed with caution because submission is a very special thing to give over to someone. So before just going and giving that over because someone's there or they say they'll take it from you, because there'd be a lot of people that are willing to take your submission, but have they earned the right to have that? Most people have not earned the right to have that. Some people just throw titles on them. Oh, I'm a dom. There's a lot of fake ass doms out here. So uh, a potential submissive or someone who knows, oh, I'm a submissive, they might go and meet a dom out in the world or go to a play party and meet a dom or find somebody online that says they're a dom. And we've seen it time and time again when we move in, in real situations. We've seen people who've had so whole social media presences. You would think, oh, they about this life. They do this shit. They know what they're doing. They know how to do it right. And they will go meet them in person in the most basic of shit they don't know how to do. And they fucking crumble. 
they don't yeah. they don't know how to rise and really stand in their dominance so you can't just be giving up your power like that to any old no. body no. it's almost as pure as like virginity if you will yeah. or like marriage it's like you don't just give that to any old body and for me and i think that's why it was such this big uh, it was as much as self-discovery as it was for me it was a lot of turmoil of just like my world's crashing because again prior to you i had to dominate every dynamic every aspect in my life and um and it's just like i can and i do it well but do i want to and no <laughs> I, don't, I don't necessarily want to and, and that's why I, I love being in the space with you because I, I don't have to and and in not having to I'm able to just be myself right. and what is myself myself is like super feminine and super soft and um very strong but I, I don't I want to be strong and I want to be dominant in the aspects of my life that will help me be a stronger person and a stronger woman and I don't have to, the, the things that I have to do and the fight that I have to fight in order to be dominant in that way, I don't have to do in my relationship. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to my relationship, I can just be my soft, wee-wee self right. and, and just be being loving and be kind and not have to worry about the horrors of the world. Right. But the reason why I asked you specifically on what appeals to you about the submission is because even now, like I need to, I need to understand your motivations behind it and what truly brings you joy or gets you off mm -hmm. about it, because those are two different things. Like if if I have a submissive who nothing is more important to them than just feeling powerless in not a weak way, but like. Oh, I've, I've given myself of somebody to this way and I trust and I'm so excited for what they have in store for me. Just that, that's a very different approach as a dominant than it is for someone who wants to co-create what's going on with you. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like dominance and submission, just both of them at its core starts and ends in the mind. Yeah. So I, I argue that it's even deeper than someone losing their virginity. Uh, it's even deeper. A submissive giving them, giving their submission to a dominant is I even agree. deeper than losing your virginity because yeah. it's, it's your mind. Yeah. It's your mind. Virginity is your body. Like you said, submission is the mind. Yeah. And so ultimately, as we continue to evolve and, and grow and immerse ourselves deeper into this, like at the end of the day, like I want to have your mind. Like I want yeah. to know that I control your mind. And I know when when people hear that, it's like, oh, that sounds problematic, or it sounds like some toxic, yeah. negative shit. But all that means to me is that I know that you trust me enough to influence what goes on in your world enough that you will follow whatever I say is best, knowing that it's going to provide the best outcome for you based on what you told me your goals were in your life yeah. and the type of life that you want and the type of person that I know who you are. I know what's best for you and what's going to help you reach what you want. Not what I want for you. Mm -hmm. What I want for you is only to help make sure that what you told me you want is going to happen. So I want to know that I have enough power over your mind that what I say will happen and that we can just move forward in, in the place that we want to go. And I, I, one, I think that what you said is just so real and so powerful. And also I can understand the controversy in it. 
And I think for me, and because we've had, and we'll get into that at some point, um, either today or another episode, but we've had, you know, many struggles in this dynamic. And I, and I think for me, my biggest struggle was the the death of myself that had to happen in order for that to be there. And then there's like the death, but then there's the grieving process. And it, I think the death of it, I was just like, oh, and you remember the time where I told you like, you basically broke me. Mm-hmm. That happened very early on. It was like all the way on 53rd Street. That mm-hmm. was very early on in our relationship. And um, so it happened then. And then I think these last few years has been a grieving process of like that part of me doesn't exist mm. even though and even though i was grieving it that part of me did not serve me and it, it, it's been a it's been a long process of just trying to understand like okay like i'm a new person now and m- my life trajectory because you are in it and because you are leading it is different now for the better mm-hmm. but it's also just change is scary but i want to just make clear that that was the process that you needed to go through yeah. based on how your journey was unfolding, based on all the more dominant responsibilities and how much you had to take on at such a young age. Yeah. And your desire to be submissive was one thing, but your process in order to be able to get there looks very different than someone else's maybe. Yeah. So for you, it was a death of a certain part of you that had to be so strong all those years before that there's just no way you can still hold on to them and now move into this new phase of your life in submission. Mm-hmm. So for you, it was a death. For, for somebody else, it may just be a, a, a letting go or yeah. putting to the side. But or for realization. You, more yeah. realization. Yeah, but for you, it was extreme as a death. It was extreme. You know? And I was also, I think, embarrassed at how extreme it was and, and just kind of wanting to push it off. Like, no, it's not that deep because um, just wanting to please you. And that wasn't effective. Yeah. Um, and I also just didn't realize that that's what I was doing. I, I didn't realize until much recently that that was the process that I was going through. And that process, again, is was very unique to me. Um, I would not say that that's what most subs go through, where that if you want to go on to a sub journey that you're going to experience a death of self. Um, that's yeah. not a, I don't want to say, that's not a common thing. But for me, that was very much my experience. And it, and it was very hard to navigate that. Because it's a lot. Yeah, It's just like everything that I've, Every way that I operated had to cease. Yeah. And it's like, cool, I'm down, but like, how? Like, how do you just wake up tomorrow and, and not doing the things you've been doing for the last 28 years? And that's where trusting your dominant comes into place. Because once you made the decision that you trust me and you're handing this over, like a visually, like, and visual, visualize you actually handing over yourself to me. Now it's mine. It's not for you to stress about figuring out how to do any of it. Now it's about coming to me for for guidance or coming to me when you just need to release something or coming to me to, so that I can help point you in the right, right direction or coming to me for support or just enjoyment or pleasure or whatever it is. It's just coming to me for those things, but you ain't got you no more i got you yeah that's what it requires it's just check-ins yeah 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 and i think that was that was the biggest thing because you were trying to please me you were not trying to serve me Mm. and those are two very different things you were trying to do things you think i would want to happen that seemed logically like the next best thing to do instead of listening to me and and 
and hearing the things I told you that I wanted to happen, mm -hmm. the things that I told you that were my needs or the things that I told you that were most important to me or that I wanted. And so that's the thing is like, you can't be a submissive and just go off on your own, own ideas of what your partner wants. If your dominant is communicating to you, this is how I need it to be, this is how I want it to be, it's for you to follow that framework. And nothing outside of that framework is going to satisfy your dominant other than that. No, I completely agree with you. Um, and, and it has a lot to do with trying, just having to figure out just the flow of things and, and what that looks like of that giving over of self. And that doesn't mean that you have and, and I think that, like, even in my own mind of just knowing these things, um, I, I think I still battle with what that looks like of, okay, well, if I let go of myself, what, what really happens? And, and just, like, realizing you don't have the control anymore. Um, it, it's a lot to, it's a lot for some, for me. It was a lot. Yeah. But also in realizing, again, this is not something that you just jump into. Once you recognize once you recognize first that okay i was listening to both sides of the bed and amir basir told me about these roles that we all play dominance and submission okay submission that appeals to me i like that i want to venture into that i want to figure out how that could look good in my relationship with my partner before you just go and now do that you have to decide what you want to get out of it why are you choosing to, to submit to your partner is your partner worthy and then once you've answered those questions, now you come to the, to the table and negotiate what that actually looks like. Yeah. And we'll get into negotiations uh, shortly, but now you, now you create your framework around what this is supposed to look like. So once you've created your framework, now you can just move forward in it. Now you don't have to worry about, oh, is he gonna know to do this or is he gonna know to do that? That's my job as a dominant to absorb all of the stuff that we've talked about and now implement it in ways that make sense for our life so mm -hmm. i don't have to come back to you and ask you anything unless i need clarification or something because it was there in our negotiations it yeah. was there in our framing of what this is supposed to look like so now you can be free to just be your happy submissive self and all the benefits that come to you and i can enjoy the leadership that comes with leading us yeah yeah and when it comes to negotiations, um, renegotiating is necessary. Absolutely. Because, uh, like, we are due for renegotiation. And, and I think that just, like, who you are when you show up and you're like, hey, I like your energy and I think this would be really cool for us. You want to try a DS dynamic? And you're just like, yeah. If you're still working off of that, it's just like so much has changed. Right. So much has changed. Even if that was if that was three years ago, if that was a year ago, if that was a week ago, it's just like having those constant check-ins, weekly, monthly, whatever works for you and your partner, having those check-ins to make sure that that contract is up to date is just so necessary. Yeah, absolutely. And I think in setting the framework, I think a, a really good rule of thumb to operate under is that a submissive need, and we talk about it all the time, um, a submissive needs comes before the dominance needs, mm -hmm. but the dominance wants comes before the submissives wants. And I think as long as you can just follow that basic framework, you can figure out everything else. Because yeah. as long as you keep on referring to that, me knowing, hey, are you good? Are your needs being met? 
as long as I know that all your needs are being met, whether it comes to a roof over your head or it comes to emotionally being supported or it comes to quality time spent, the type of quality time that feels rewarding to you, that makes you feel seen and as like a baseline, as long as I know like things like that are being met, then I know, all right, cool. Now I can shift into making sure that you provide all my wants yeah. and I can have a certain expectation of what those wants are because I've earned that right now to demand those wants from you because I've taken care of your needs. Yeah. So I've earned the right now to demand those wants. And then by you providing those wants for me, in turn, now I flip that back on you and now I provide your needs because you've earned the right to get your wants needed. You mean you provide your wants? You said it flipped. Oh, uh, well, you, yeah, you've, pro I provide, yes, that, <laughs> that, that, but you see what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, they, it has to go in that order. Your needs first, and then my needs. Obviously, I need to make sure my needs are met as well. Mm -hmm. So once we've gotten that baseline, we can go and venture into that space now. And now we're clear. It's not up for debate. We're good. We have all this. This is a nice, flowing, cyclical experience happening, and everybody is good. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So that is kind of the foundation of... Submission. Yeah, submission. And just, the, just in venturing into that, how that goes. And again... This is for everybody. You're either a dominant, and that's in overall, for everybody is varying levels. So mm -hmm. for submission, there's varying levels of submission. Oh, as a matter of fact, you're supposed to go into that next. So there are a few types of subs that you can be. I have, is that 15 here? Yeah, I have 15 here. So the first one, and I, I think it's hilarious that this is the first one, um, <laughs> a submissive brat. I've been a brat and that's okay. A submissive brat is a type of submissive who enjoys pushing boundaries in a playful way. They seek attention and reward from their partner known as a brat tamer. And examples could be like talking back, disobeying orders or resisting. And I feel like there's a space for that. There's, you can be, um, there's like moments of bratting, but then there's, if you're a submissive brat, then that's kind of like the whole thing. And I think it just has its place. It it depends on on what the dominant will tolerate, what they mm -hmm. what they enjoy. Some some doms really enjoy brat taming. They enjoy the constant back and forth of the playful. And again, keyword playful because it's, it, they the submissive is, is not intentionally trying to be disrespectful or disobey, but in the playful way of doing it they know that there'll be a punishment, not a necessarily a, a real punishment, but a punishment that will come on the other side of that. You know, so you might get spanked or you might get put into timeout or something like that, or you might get reprimanded in a strong way. And a brat will do these things intentionally to invoke that response, response yeah. from the dominant, but it's in a playful and it's, in, and it's still in a healthy way. So I know sometimes brat gets a negative connotation but i don't think there's anything wrong with bratting at all i think that if that's if that works in your relationship go for it to whatever extent that works for y'all me personally i think bratting is cute is cute in moderation mm. I, I like bratting in moderation i don't think there's anything negative about it but there's a big 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 difference between bratting and being a bitch this is just a complete difference. Being a bitch is you, you're being a bitch. There's no, you're being disrespectful. You're completely disregarding 
who I am, what I, what my rules, my my law, my my framework for our, our relationship. You're completely disregarding how I feel, my needs being met, and you're selfishly putting your wants before my needs. Mm. Because again, we lay out the framework. It's the submissive's needs, then it's the dominant's needs before the submissive's wants. The submissive's wants come last in this equation. Your needs come first, but your wants mm -hmm. come last. You got to earn your wants. So when it comes to that, that's why they don't, that that's a whole different thing. So I, cause I think people can get those two mixed up. Oh, you're, you're not listening right now. Oh yeah. I'm just bratting. No. Are you playfully staying yeah. within the confines of what's acceptable here? And this could be a little cute thing. Or are you being a whole ass bitch and just saying, fuck you to the relationship right now? Yeah. No, I definitely think that there is a difference and that difference needs to be identified. Um, the next one is a service sub. A service sub. A service sub focuses on performing tasks for their dominant partner, includes practical chores, errands, and sexual services. Um, unique tasks like acting like a human furniture or dressing the dominant are also options in servicing and other examples can be as simple as cooking serving drinks cleaning and planning events so you just casually right? slid in her human furniture can we, can we <laughs> actually just pull that back i don't think that's necessary here. no it's fine it's completely good human furniture that is a part of it you, you that was like the more extreme side of it but like that's that's an ultimate physical like outward expression of of submission where you're willing to turn your body into an object for your dominant to enjoy in that way i think it's more about the the objectification mm. of it than it purely being needed like i'm sure i could find somewhere else to put my foot on foot on as a footrest mm -hmm. but i think it's just that you willing to go to that extent yeah to find comfort for my feet in this moment and removing your humanness and the being objectified in that way that works for people on that level but you went all the way to the extreme end it can be, it can be a lot more simple it could cooking, be cooking cleaning around the running house errands. running errands giving massages um yeah help me bring some coffee ironing my clothes yeah it could be very very simple things so it's a beautiful thing about it, it can be as extreme or as simple as as what works for you exactly it's a spectrum most like most things are yeah um the next one is a submissive prince princess or prince and they desire a adoration and worship before surrendering control they enjoy being treated like royalty and pampered and examples could be wanting to be cared for um resisting slightly and expecting royal treatment yeah you definitely have some of this in you and with these styles that we're going over to there's not one that is yours you can adopt multiple uh multiple of these styles you probably have some that resonate with you more than others but these are just frameworks as things that you can implement if you want to kind of craft out your style of submission or dominance when we, when we get to dominance you know you get to choose what kind of submissive do i want to be nobody's dictating that for you um i personally feel that at the end of the day the one who has the most power is always the submissive because nothing happens without the submissive consenting to give anything yeah. I can't take anything from you. I can't take anything up from you other than what you give to me. So if you say, no, this is not okay. There's nowhere in there that I can coerce that mm -hmm. out of you. It's just a no. But on the flip side, 
with me I can tell you what I want to do and what I don't want, don't want to do, but unless you have given me that consent, I can't do shit. Yeah. Or we're, we're treading into toxic violation waters that are complete red flags. You know, so if you're in a relationship now, if you know that you're the more submissive partner in your relationship and you're doing things for your partner that you don't really want to do, but because that's kind of your role and it, and you're giving that to them, but it's not what you want. No, you need to take back your power and then see how your, your dominant response to that. And if they don't respond accordingly, then you need to ask yourself and ask them some questions about what it is that we're doing here, because my needs come first. So yeah. I wanted to be clear about that. Um, and also that we said princess or prince, because submission automatically gets thrown onto women mm -hmm. as if women are the only ones that can be submissive. But Dominant submission switching it's not gender based it's no. human based yeah so as a human you could be any of these yeah and I think that's so important to highlight thank you mm -hmm. um, the next one is the masochists they get pleasure from pain and may explore intense forms of pain play they enjoy misbehaving to encourage physical punishment and examples can be in, in enjoying play punishment trying. I don't know why I can't speak. Enjoying painful kinks and asking for more intensity. So what do you think about masochists? What do you mean? What do you think about them? I I, I think that they're masochists. <laughs> I don't think there's another word for a masochist. They're intense. They're um, I think just enjoying pain to that level is um, is very fascinating. I like dabble sometimes and I'm like, sometimes I'm masochist, other times I'm like, no. Yeah, it took me a while to understand why a masochist would want to be a masochist. Yeah. I didn't understand why someone would enjoy receiving pain until I understood why me as a sadist enjoy giving pain. Yeah. And it's this, it's this nonverbal, it can be, there can, there can be speaking involved in it, but it, at its core, it's this nonverbal communication and power exchange yeah. where, I mean, you, you got to just be into these things. Like, I enjoy the giving of consensual pain. Just that in itself mm -hmm. does it for me. And so having someone who enjoys receiving that because they whether they enjoy the actual pain, the physical response of pain that comes over their body or they enjoy making me happy and knowing that I enjoy giving pain. Yeah. I enjoy both of those for different reasons. Yeah. Um, but yeah, masochists, they're masochists are different. And different. it does transcend beyond the bedroom too. I think that a masochist can enjoy in just everyday life. Like a masochist can be, can enjoy maybe being verbally like yelled at, for instance, like, they know they did some something wrong or they didn't rise and do what they were supposed to do and then the dominant yell at them that might be something that they that they enjoy because they got put in their place it hurt in that moment emotionally it hurt them but they know that it's going to help them grow and that that feeling is feels good because they know on the other side of this temporarily painful moment that there's good there's growth here so they may enjoy that they may want to encourage that from their dominant as much as possible so it does transcend well well beyond the bedroom too yeah there are definitely levels of being a masochist i feel like i'm a massa a massa like a massa <laughs> not a masochist uh, i think that 
like my I definitely like even what you're saying about that like I, I love that accountability like if I'm just not rising I like to be told I like to be put in my place and I like to be like just getting stronger on that path and I also don't like to be yelled at like don't yell at me like who, who the fuck you talk to is <laughs> like my first initial reaction um and even like in the bedroom it's like I love that giving because I know you enjoy um, but sometimes that shit hurt like <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot so um, and there's also just like pain tolerance that goes into that and it's like once it's past my tolerance it's past my tolerance mm. um, and that goes with you know any old thing but I, I I do I do love it maybe not as much as like I don't know I've met real masochist like strong on the other spectrum of masochism than I am mm. so I don't want to like dismiss myself and be like I'm not that, but th there are just stronger versions of it that I am not. It's definitely levels. Definitely levels. I've seen some crazy levels. Yeah, me yeah. too. But I, I, I will say that because you said that, like, like I'm like, a princess masochist, and then those things just don't really <laughs> collide well. <laughs> well, I know the challenge with you is that, yeah, you might want to be told where you're not doing something and called out. But I think that your challenge is being open to be to receiving it in a way that may not be the way that you want to receive it. Yeah. And realizing you don't have say in how you receive it overall. You can communicate what you enjoy and I can take that I can take in that information and when you deserve it, I can Give you, I can wrap things up in the extra bows and ties that you like because you deserve it. You've earned me making sure I communicate it in a way that you enjoy. But my ultimate job is to make sure you get the information in a way that is going to be effective and to be very clear and very, be very true. So it may not be in a way that in that moment you want to receive it or that feels the nicest to you. But again, that comes to you trusting that I'm telling it to you in this way, if I'm being extra stern or if I'm being maybe even a little bit what may, what you may feel be mean in that moment, I'm doing it this way because of what you need. Mm -hmm. You may need that extra energy behind what I'm saying right now for it to resonate. So I think it highlights a bigger point that submission doesn't start until there's a disagreement in a sense where now you're challenged to accept something from somebody else that you wouldn't want to do on your own terms, but you do it anyway. You're now submitting to that other person's will. Mm -hmm. So, cause you, you can submit all, all day to the shit that I want that you like. It's that's yeah. easy. We, we both like this. So it's not a, it's not a problem. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I sure I'll do this. I like it too, but it's not until I ask you to do something that you don't, that makes you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And then you, but you do it choose. anyway. Yeah. That is when submission starts. So before then, is is not even submission until that. That's how I feel. That's that's helped make it very clear on when you are expressing your submission to me. Mm. Yeah. So I, I think that is really important. That's a really good point to make. So the next archetype is a slave. A slave surrenders all control to their dominant partner, asks permission for basic activities, and is sexually available at all times. Examples are asking permission, obeying orders, and surrendering control. Yeah. Slaves are... are slaves, slaves are very special mm -hmm. because 
the amount of power they have to give up. That's the amount of power that they have capable of giving up to someone else. And it's a fine line between something beautiful and something very problematic. Yeah. But in the right hands, having a slave can be an amazing, amazing experience because it just doesn't happen all the time. Yeah. We're just taught in our society that well, number one, because of the word. Now, you know, I like the word slave when it comes to this because it does tie into kink. And like, you know, we said kink is its own thing and we haven't, you know, ventured so much into the sexual side yet because we will. But I like it because we can get to play with certain words and kind of break norms. Because, you know, yeah. I like to just give reality a big fuck you as many times as I can. I don't like to operate... Yeah, I don't like to operate in, you know, what's normal and what's okay and what's acceptable. I like to just do whatever whatever you feel today. You feel like being a slave for your for your partner today? Be a fucking slave, you know, and have fun with that. And that way we, we can break the power that certain things have over us. Mm -hmm. Like what society puts on us as what we should do, what we shouldn't do, who we should be, what we shouldn't be, what shit means, what it doesn't mean. By even being able to use a word like slave helps break through all of that and just completely disregarded um but i like slaves specifically because it's a complete giving up giving over not up but mm -hmm. giving over of the power so what that looks like is yes here this is my life here you go whatever you want to do with my life i trust you i like the way your life looks i trust <laughs> the way you put your life together these are the things i like so you have an idea but here's my life yeah. Now run it for me. And I'm here to help you in your life however I can in any way, all the time. There's nothing to negotiate. Don't ask me any questions because it's whatever you say, because I like what you say, because you're great. Yeah. And it's that. Yeah. No, it's and it's such a rare thing. I think it's it's so I think it's so pure and so innocent, as aggressive as it sounds. Um, and it, it really allows allows for that full surrendering to just be. To just be whatever is happening and just and I, I think the luxury that they have is they have they could do nothing but be present yeah it's so it's yeah. freeing it's more freeing than i think any other um archetype here like if i was a submissive that i depending on where i was in my life i can see how that's appealing mm -hmm. i can i can put the slave hat on in this context and be like oh that's really freeing you don't have to think about anything. Like literally moment to moment, day to day, you don't have to think about anything. Somebody else, somebody else is able to make those decisions for you. So just the the release and just the ability to just be, you know, it's almost like how monks live in, ca in caves and they just be meditating all day because they just want to be. You almost get to replicate that. I know I'm comparing something, you know, <laughs> a fucking a monk to uh, a submissive slave, but it's it's similar in that way. You can just be and allow for the moment to take you where it, where it takes you. It's funny you say that. The What it took me to was actually like being more childlike. Mm -hmm. Of like you have, you are at the whim of whatever an adult is telling you what to do. And, you know, we all remember being a child and like, when I'm an adult, I'm going to do this and this. And then we get to adulthood. Right. And then we're like, oh, this is ghetto. Right. <laughs> um, so like to be really present in that and I, I think that um, those who are in this archetype may have that 
capacity to just be in that childlike state more often and just have that freedom to just be present. Mm-hmm. So that's all we really want. That's all we really yeah. want. I agree. There's levels to it. The next one, these two just sound crazy. The next one is a pet. <laughs> um, and a pet takes on the role of an animal pet, such as a pony, a puppy, or a kitty. They wear costumes and accessories. They obey simple commands. And examples are wearing costumes, posing and moving like an animal, and cleaning themselves. Um, but it doesn't have to be that as well. Those are those are really cool. I like, don't get on the... Um more extreme side but you don't have to wear costumes you can just be your normal regular self wear normal clothes but it's really about the mentality mm-hmm. behind it um and when it comes to pet, pet pet a pet personality resonates with me because i understand the companion mm. aspect of it so when you're when you're reduced to a pet in a sense you're now kind of you're less than human in the way that we interact. So I'm not obligated to interact with you in the same way that I would a human in some ways. And, and again, t- like, don't take these terms literally. I know it sounds crazy right now, but like <laughs> read through the lines of what I'm actually trying to convey. But it's like all the stuff that comes with being in a relationship with a human being, just all the intricacies. If someone's your pet, if you have a pet, you don't have the same complexities in your relationship with yeah. your pets that you do with your human relationships. It's a lot simpler. Mm-hmm. This is your companion. Your pets don't want a whole lot. They want to be taken care of. They want to be played with. They just want to make sure food is available. You play with them. They just want to chill out. They don't they want, want a whole lot. Met. Yeah, they just want their needs met. Just yeah. super simple. So that's what I really enjoy about pets. And like, in a, obviously, you can take on the animalistic characters of maybe some like you know maybe some people resonate with kittens they think they're cute they like the way they move they like the way that uh, you know a kitten expresses itself or like a puppy expresses itself so they may actually take on some of those characteristics of an animal but they don't have to go to the extent of where you know you're barking around the house or oinking like (laughs) a pig or you got to wear ears or anything like that you absolutely can and i think those things are fun too absolutely but it's not necessary for you to go to that extent. I think really the main thing to highlight that it's more so about the mindset than anything. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree with that. So the next one is a bedroom submissive. A bedroom submissive only seeks submission within the bedroom. They engage in bondage, impact play, and taking orders where they may engage. And examples can be being bound, receiving stimulation, taking orders, and providing sexual pleasures. So with bedroom submissives, that means they only resonate with submission when it comes to the bedroom. Yeah. So maybe in their day-to-day life, they're they're more dominant. That's more natural Mm -hmm. in how they are, whether it's work-related or just in their interpersonal relationships with people in general. They're just dominant. They just that's just what they ooze. But they love the fact that they can put all that on the shelf for the hours that they have in the bedroom with their partner and completely turn into something else. It's like a nice reprieve. It's a nice release and and the ability to experience something other than what their normal uh, go to is. So I think that's that's really cool, too. Yeah, I think um, it's also more common among like 
like people in like CEOs and like big bosses, like in those types as far as work goes. Um, but also just like the breadwinners of the family, it just, it allows for them to have that reprieve and just to be present and to let go and not have to worry about anything else. Yeah. It's, it's, that's good freedom. That's true freedom right there. Yeah. I think for me, I think there is a space where I can explore some bedroom submission. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I have in the past, in lighter degrees like before i was able to put titles and really understand what it was all about um at the time i just wasn't able to put any kind of submissive label on it because i always thought it was weak and it was less than and i was powerless so i didn't connect with the the word but in hindsight when i think about it like i connected with the acts i connected with how it made me feel i connected with its ability to allow me to just take off having to lead shit all the time and having to figure shit out all the time or having to be so powerful all the time and be yeah. so strong all the time or be so confident all the time um i think when i when i have to operate in that for so long after a certain t- amount of time i just be needing like a quick second where it's like it's refreshing to be able to take all that off and give that to somebody else to lead and experience i enjoy it for that um, but also I enjoy it for just being able to experience something different. Yeah. It's just, I like to experience shit. What is, what's available in this world? That's, a, that's an, that, those are emotions. Those are feelings. Those are actions that I can experience for this small period of time. Cause I don't like to, I don't like to stay there, but for this small period of time where I can feel something else, feel another human experience. Yeah. So that's what appeals to me, um, about that one a lot. And it's something I, I definitely want to venture into more as time goes on i think right now i'm very much embodying my dominance and rediscovering what that looks like for me so that's where my heart lies right now i mean it always will be but i think at some point i would like to explore some submissiveness for those reasons i just mentioned but also just to learn like i want to know i want to be able to tap into the energy that i'm pulling out of you yeah so I know what you're experiencing for, uh, firsthand. So I know what that looks like. So I know how to continue to pull that out of you. And I can just resonate with where you are in this moment with the things that we do together. Yeah, and I think that's so important to to have that perspective. Because I think so many people are just in any type of role. And it doesn't have to be a, D, a DS type, type of dynamic. It knowing what is being projected onto someone else because of your actions is really important and it and it allows a level of um is it empathy or sympathy empathy it allows a level of empathy that you otherwise wouldn't understand and it allows you to grow in that way and strengthen your partnership in that way because you know you you know like what they are actually getting into Mm -hmm. yeah and as an added fun one, because we know people like to get some money, um, this one is a fin sub or financial submissive. Um, this one gives control of their finances to the fin dom, um, plays and obeys their pays and obeys their financial dominant. And examples of that are paying the dominant, being humiliated, and providing financial access. Yeah, so that's a real thing. I think that there are, especially men, uh, who get off on just giving their money to support somebody else 
and now that can vary as well that can be just in, like somebody just enjoys uh serving someone in that way like my finances are able to, to fuel your life i enjoy that that brings me pleasure that brings me satisfaction so i will fund your life typically they're in a position where they can do that comfortably and everything's fine and they just get off on that the, yeah. the, the the support of another and then it has goes to more extreme levels where for I, I i don't it doesn't resonate with me i don't get it but you know i'll never kink shame but like people get off on being milked dry by somebody else yeah. i can't explain to y'all why that's the <laughs> case if someone is a thin sub and would love to explain that to me i would love to understand the mindset and the ideology of, of why you would like somebody to make you broke yeah. But some people to the point where like their bills aren't paid, yeah, like their lights are cut up. off. Yeah, they like that shit, you know. So I think that, I think it was good that we highlighted that just to know there's people out here that 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 that's a thing too. So if that's your thing, now you have a title for it. Yeah, if you would like to fund, let me stop. Um, the next one. <laughs> well, that's it. Oh, okay. So what would you say are some challenges of of being a submissive? I think the biggest challenge is. Two, one, just the letting go of it all can be a challenge, um, especially if you're someone like me who it's like it's there, like it's, it's in its natural. It's not like you're efforting to be something that you're not. Um, but sometimes just the letting go can be challenging. And also the understanding where you fall you know there's so many different ways and these are just a few that we named um knowing where you fall in it and i think just knowledge is power and when you know like oh, okay like i'm a princess i know exactly what this means i know what this entails and i know what behaviors are common within these then it, it just helps you to express better it, it curbs expectation better and um i think those two are really big challenges i think for me um a challenge again was just fully letting go and just trusting that I don't have to be so on it in order for things to happen with ease or for things to just happen. Yeah, that that is the plight of a submissive. I think the ultimate goal, the ultimate challenge, the ultimate thing that you will have to confront in your submissive journey is the letting go, mm -hmm. is the giving over of your power to your dominant that's some scary shit that's that's scary as hell half the time we can't trust our own decisions let alone <laughs> the decisions of another for yeah. our lives so yeah by far that's the that's the number one thing so you know if you are in a space where you're having challenges with giving of yourself in that way to your dominant partner you know just honor that you know it's okay you're human this makes a whole lot of logical sense of why this will be an issue for you so if you know if that's the case just embrace it communicate it to your partner uh dive into what's coming up for you and why you can't take it to the next level and through that you'll come to new realizations new spaces of growth you know but embrace it it's it's, it's some scary shit sometimes yeah so rewarding Absolutely. And this is the one last thing I wanted to bring up is just that managing that vulnerability and addressing insecurities and anxieties. Um, I don't think I was ready for that one. Just like realizing how vulnerable I have to be to show up in those spaces. Um, even if it's, it can be something from just showing up and saying like, this is what my issue is and I need help with that. That's being vulnerable. Like you're my dom and I need support in this way that's nobody else knows about that's being vulnerable it could also be 
um, giving you like, this is what I expect my, for myself and I need your help in order for me to stay accountable in doing that. And then when I'm not accountable, getting yelled at or reprimanded, um, especially in a way that's just not comfortable. Like that's just being vulnerable in a very different way. Um, and I think also just it's something that I battled with was the anxiety, the anxiety of not being a good sub. Mm-hmm. Um, and the insecurity in that. So there are challenges um, as much as there are benefits, but the benefits, I definitely think outweigh the challenges. Yeah, I think one of your strongest submissive traits is your willingness to keep trying and, and not giving up. Yeah, like no matter how tough it's gotten and you trying to be able to give of yourself in, in that way, I think one of your strongest points is like your resilience and just keep on showing up and uh, your ability to communicate sometimes. I know sometimes it was it was hard and there were certain things you weren't telling me, but, not, but a lot of times it wasn't because you didn't want to tell me, you didn't know what it was to tell me. Yeah. Um, sometimes I'll find out when you find out. And that's right. also just like a very vulnerable space to be in. Right. But I think um, overall, yeah, you're just your, your, your willingness to keep going was and is you know, one of your strongest traits yeah yeah thank you so we just wrapped up part one of this three-part on dom subs and switches we just touched on being a submissive so make sure you check us out on the next episode where we discuss everything that it means to be a dominant and a switch so until next time stay tuned for the sexy stay tuned for the sexy